The Minnesota Wilds start their post Kirill Kaprizov schedule tonight against the San Jose Sharks. We will talk about how the Wild will navigate this stretch on today's pregame preview of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's pregame preview edition of Locked on Wild, we are joined by Kevin Gorg, previewing tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks, looking ahead to the rest of the road trip, and talking about the Kirill Kaprizov injury as well. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And as mentioned, we're joined by Kevin Gorg this morning. Kevin, obviously a tough day for the Wild yesterday with the Kirill Kaprizov news. But I think if we learned anything, some of the comments from the other players on the team, Matt Zuccarello uh, and others, it's a tight-knit group. And this is a tough blow, but they are going to get through it. Well, you never would have known it was a tough day. Being at uh, Tria Rink yesterday, it was jovial over there. Uh, one of their more uh, vocal practices, they had a big crowd. There are a lot of kids on spring break, and they'd run some open practices at that TRIA facility, and, and the bleachers were almost half full with kids and hoping to get pictures and autographs. And you're right, it's disappointing to, to be without Kirill now for three to four weeks with that lower body. But uh, from talking to the players and the coaches yesterday, I think that's going to be a real motivating factor to, to show people that as great as he is, and he is unbelievable, he's one of the best players in the world, there's a lot of pride in the this hockey team that says we can still find a way to win without him. And I think the good news, if, if Wild fans are handicapping this and looking at it pragmatically, is Minnesota with this 9-0-2 run has put themselves in a position right now where they're likely going to be a playoff team. So what you're going to have if things go as planned here is Kirill Kaprizov, who takes a beating and plays a ton of minutes. You're going to have a month off for a guy that probably needed it. You never could have got him off the ice if he was healthy because that's who he is. But now you're forcing him off the ice for a month to mend a little bit, to get healthy and recharge. And now you're going to have him back for the final week and change of the regular season, most likely, and fresh for the playoffs. So the bottom line is it sucks right now. But I think if you look at this uh, from a big picture point of view, this could end up being a real good silver lining that could help this team get out of the first round, which would really be awesome. Well, well, and even with... Kaprizov, this is still a team that has leaned on its goaltending tandem, has leaned on that defense that is playing you know, some of the best hockey they've played in the last couple of years. And so all of those elements are still there. The thing is just going to be that it may be a little bit more of a grind on offense, but that's, that's nothing new to this team this year. No, they've evolved into a defense-first team. You hit the nail on the head, Seth. They're built from the back end out. They're built with two good goaltenders that are both putting together outstanding seasons. And then they have that great blue line. And, you know, I think you forget now because the Kaprizov thing dominates the news. And we'll get to some of the updates. But, you know, Jonas Brodin is waiting in the wings. That's their best defenseman. Um, they've got help on the way. And and I think this team has learned how to win hockey games, 2-1 to one and 3-2. to two. And through this 
three to four week stretch where you're not going to have number 97 on the ice. That's exactly how they're going to have to play. Stay out of the penalty box, play good defense, and get timely scoring. Now, the one thing that's going to really probably test is the power play, which has struggled mightily here in the last couple of weeks. I think they're like one for their last 21. And you take Kaprizov off that power play, that really, truly hurts. And power plays can be, uh, I think, a real big momentum shifter in these hockey games when you're having a hard time scoring five on five. So the power play is the one area that I'm really concerned about. The rest of it, I think, will take care of itself. And we've seen some of those guys that we had needed to see step up do so over the last couple of games. Marcus Foligno has a couple of goals over the last three or four games. Ryan Hartman has been great since he stepped back on that top line. And so we've seen some signs that there are guys that are ready to uh, kind of step up and carry the load, and it's just a matter of now getting a couple of the other guys in the lineup to do the same. Well, and I think, you know, you look back at trade deadline week and what Bill Guerin did, and it was always going to be a, a very influential week of moves for, for our general manager. But now with Kirill Kaprizov out for almost a month, those moves get magnified and Holy, I mean, my goodness, how much better has the second line been with the addition of Marcus Johansson? And now, and again, it's limited data here, but you're seeing Sunquist really impact that third line. You mentioned it with Felino starting to heat up. With Kaprizov out, the, the roles that they're going to play, just they jump up a notch. And thank goodness the Wild have that depth right now, thanks to the moves that Bill Guerin made uh, trade deadline week. And, you know, don't sleep on the fact that they've got a guy in the back end now, Klingberg, that can maybe give that power play a little jump. And if you're not going to go through 97 now for a couple of weeks, maybe you go through a, a Klingberg-Boldy type of situation with Zuccarello in the mix and maybe Boldy jumps up and go, goes on a little bit of a hot streak here. He certainly looks like a player that could be sitting on that type of stretch. And so that gives me hope uh, in those situations that another move that Bill Guerin made can have some ripple effects to a power play that's certainly going to be missing its best player. We'll talk about the Sharks here in a second, but I do just want to throw in for those worried about the Calgary Flames. Uh, they lost to Anaheim in regulation yesterday. So uh, I, th I, think, I think we're going to be okay uh, in that regard. But we will talk about the Sharks. We'll talk about the Coyotes uh, both coming up on this road trip. We'll talk about the Blues a little bit here too to uh, finish things out as we continue today's pregame preview edition of Lockdown Wilds. After a word from our sponsor, which today is the exclusive sports betting partner of Locked On, that is FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you're looking for the perfect opportunity to hop in with FanDuel, it is right now. We are getting down to the stretch run in both the NBA and the NHL. And if you hop in with FanDuel, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to who shoots, who scores, and who makes the saves. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of LockedOn. Continuing today's pregame preview edition of Locked On Wild, Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, we've got the Sharks Tonight and San Jose is a team that um, is 
in the mix for Connor Bedard. So they are trying to uh, make sure that they don't do anything to upset that. But it's a team that the Wilds know they can't take lightly. We saw it happen earlier in the season, a game in which they had, uh, I believe it was a one or two goal lead, and then ended up losing in a shootout. So it's a team you can't take lightly, but it is a team that you know the the Wild should, even with Kirill Kaprizov, be able to uh, to put a pretty good effort forward. I would think so, and I think Minnesota knows they're zero and two this year against San Jose. You mentioned that earlier loss. They came out here to San Jose and got beat five two, and they were not very good in that hockey game. San Jose can can freewheel it. They've got players uh, that can take chances. They can go for offense. Uh, for Minnesota, it's going to be a lot like we've seen lately where they're going to have to play a defense first game, force the other team into turnovers. The wild card for me is Eric Carlson. He's having an unbelievable year on the back end. He's the most dangerous weapon offensively in the league on the blue line, and he's scary because he does things that are not typical. So when you're in defensive zone coverage, he kind of roams around that zone and takes chances. So certainly the, the wild are going to be tested, but if you play the way you've been playing, if you're Minnesota and you come out and play – a disciplined, smart game without the puck. You're going to frustrate a team in San Jose that's playing more pond hockey right now. They don't want to play a tough, structured game, a physical game. And so Minnesota's got to use their big physical size, that grinding style, players like Jewel Erickson, that getting under the skin of San Jose. And then the one thing they didn't do in that 5-2 loss was stay out of the penalty box. Penalties killed them in that hockey game. They can't five-on-four situations. The less penalties called tonight, if you're a Wild fan and you're watching this hockey game, the better because the Wild power play doesn't have its best weapon. And San Jose with Carlson on that power play is scary. The other factor is the penalty kill for San Jose, as bad as they've been overall, they're not going to be a playoff team. Their penalty kill is still second in the league. They're very good down a man. So stay out of the box. Don't turn this into a penalty fest. Play good defense. If you get the goaltending tonight, the Minnesota Wild should win. And the goaltending, honestly – in looking at the numbers, is the spot where the Wild have the distinct advantage here tonight. You've got uh, former Wild goalie Capo Kakinen in the mix for the Sharks, and it's it's a goalie tandem that has been generous in giving up goals to opponents this year. Yeah, that's a huge advantage to the side of Minnesota. We don't know yet um, who's in goal, but likely this weekend they're going to both play. I would think that Flurry plays in San Jose, and then they come back with Gus in Arizona, but you never know. Um, that would be out of turn, so to speak. But the last time we were here in San Jose in that 5-2 loss, that was a Gustafson game. And the last time we went to Arizona and the Coyotes won, that was a flower game. So your conventional wisdom would say you maybe flip that around. To be honest, it probably doesn't matter because both Fleury and Gustafson right now are playing absolutely phenomenal hockey. They're on top of their game. And from talking to Freddie Shabbat, their goaltending coach, he's in just a managing mode right now where he's going to show them clips and and try to reinforce what they've been doing. He said there's really no adjustments to make right now with the way they're both playing. And so use that to your advantage tonight. If the, you know, if the grade A chances are very similar, where each team gets six, eight, ten grade A chances, the Wild are going to win this hockey game and probably win it by a puck or two because they've got the much better goaltending in this matchup. The Wild will take on Arizona tomorrow, and um, Mullet Arena is something that now the Wild are familiar with that maybe was not an experience that they uh, really expected uh, the last time they played the Coyotes, but they, they've been there, seen kind of that intimate feel that that arena has, and so uh, for a team that lost to the Coyotes last time they faced them, I don't think they will be caught off guard again this time. 
They will not, and the Coyotes keep winning big games. They, they knocked down Nashville a couple nights ago, which certainly helped the Wilds cause to getting in the playoffs in the Western Conference. And another team like San Jose that's got nothing to lose, so there's no pressure on that hockey team. It's a fun place to play. Minnesota took, I think, seven penalties in that game. It was the first game off the All-Star break, and those seven penalties cost them. It took away the flow of that hockey game. Wild blew a 2-1 lead in the third period, so certainly they'll be looking for revenge. And, you know, it's one of those weird road trips where you you look at the, the win in Winnipeg, which was very taxing, and Marc-Andre Fleury kind of stole you the two points. You think this weekend you could play two solid games and get a couple of wins. You could really have some momentum into that showdown with St. Louis on national TV on Wednesday. You have a couple of days where the Wild are going to stay in Arizona for a day and a half, soak up the sun, play a little golf on Monday. So it's a really cool part of the season. And I think it's right now a real big challenge. And just from watching the guys set that practice yesterday, from hearing Matt Zuccarello after practice, from talking to Dean Evason, there's an awful lot of pride right now that they want to show people that, yes, they adore Kirill Kaprizov. They know how good he is, but they also believe that they're a one-man band, that they can win for at least a short time without number 97. And that'll be the challenge throughout the weekend. Kevin, just to wrap up today, you mentioned Jonas Brodeen uh, is skating with the team. He accompanied the team on the trip. Gustav Nyquist also skating with the team and uh, Brandon Duhame as well. So uh, even better news yet with the uh, the fact that the hope is Kirill will be back before the season is done. Um, sounds like those guys are getting close, hopefully, to returning as well. Yeah, I think Nyquist of the three you just mentioned probably – more on the long-term side where they're trying to get him back at least in the month of April, the last week or two of the season. You know, Brodine has always been a guy that, that's been a fast healer, and Dean Everson has hinted here the last couple of days that if this was playoff time, they'd march him out there, but they're trying to give him the right time to heal so when he comes back, there's no threat of any more setbacks. And so you're going to take, I think, the high road there and be a little more cautious with Jonas Brodine. Of the three, the wild card is certainly going to be Brandon Duhamel. With you know the upper body, we know he took a hit to the head. You have to be very, very careful with that. But think about what Duhamel could bring this lineup if and when he comes back. Dean Everson said yesterday that Sam Steele is going to go right in that spot where Kirill Kaprizov was. He wanted to keep that second and third line together because of the chemistry they have shown and, and the budding success they're having. I think Steele played great in Calgary. He came back after missing almost three and a half weeks and played terrific. But that's going to be a position that I think they're going to look at a couple of different options. Sammy Walker is on this trip, so we'll see how the game goes in Jose. You've got that option. And if and when Duhame gets healthy, he's got a skill set, Seth, that he can play fourth line, but he can also play first line. This guy has hands. He has great offensive skill, and he's beloved by the coaches. So in the meantime, that's something to watch moving forward as these guys continue to skate with the club. I still think they're at least a, a few days, if not a week or two away, but uh, trending in the right direction. And while Karol Kaprizov is gone, uh, that depth is certainly going to be something that Dean Everson leans on to get through this uh, stretch of time. Well, and we'll see how things uh, get rolling here tonight against the Sharks. That will do it for today's pregame preview. Kevin, thanks so much for the time. Uh, we will see how things play out on the road trip here, and we'll catch up with you later in the week. Wild fans, make sure you stay tuned with everything that Lockdown Wild has to offer as we guide you through the rest of the season. We've got pre- and post-game content as well as new episodes all week long, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.